Hi, I'm eventually world-renowned journalist Zachy Hennessy. My primary passion is supporting the puppet entertainment industry, but my other passion is finding interesting stories. You know, not the big press stoppers, the front pagers. I'm much more into the stories you find, you know, the page 13ers. You know, you're flipping through, you read these stories, politics, uh, big world events, bad stuff happening in the world, and then suddenly, bam, it's like a three-page expose on bumblebees and lead tracings in their honey. You know, that's the kind of stuff that I'm into. That's the kind of stories that I like to find. Because everything, big or small, is news to me. The topic of this episode comes from that mystical, magical land that's shaped like a banana that's been forgotten in the back of your pantry for too long, Japan. This remote nation has no shortage of wild and weird cultural phenomenons, but I'm going to take a look at one of the wilder and weirder ones, Kabuki. You may be wondering, what the hell even is Kabuki? Well, I asked people on the street and one guy who had just woken up that very question, and here's what they had to say. Kabuki. Um, it's like a stick you use, like a small hammer, sort of like a gavel, um, to knock checkers across the board when you get really frustrated at the game. Okay, Kabuki is is my Kabuk. Kabuk in Hebrew is an American, what we call an American peanut, you know, with this nice crust on it, maybe sesame seeds. Yeah, so Kabuk is that, and my Kabuk in Hebrew would be Kabuki. Okay? Okay. Kabuki is... Um... A dish served in Southern Africa. It's made from pickled mushroom served often with rice or chicken. It's a type of costume? <laughs> Something. It's a costume, I guess. What would the parts of the costume be? Uh, well, it would be like a bunch of rags stick together. I don't know. <laughs> I think I had this in my uh, Japanese art test before, um, and I think it's Japanese theater, but I'm not sure I'm remembering correctly. What is Kabuki? To put it simply, Kabuki is traditional Japanese theater. To put it more complicatedly, Kabuki is an avant-garde performance art that relies on exaggeration, deliberate pacing, and the occasional puppet or two, to deliver classic stories to a live audience. Imagine you took Shakespeare, and you put everyone in a kimono, and instead of poetry, there's striking poses and there's weird music and cross-dressing. You have the mental image? Okay, so that's Japan. Now imagine walking into a kabuki theater and watching a performance. That's kabuki. This weird form of stage performance is steeped in culture, tradition, and history. Actors who aspire to act on stage train for years, becoming apprentices through the Kabuki Actor Training Center or, more commonly, through good old-fashioned nepotism. If daddy was a kabukist, you could be a kabukist too. And I didn't look this part up, but if you watch Jiro Dreams of Sushi, you'll know that following in your parents' footsteps in terms of career path is very important in Japanese culture. You should always be more like your father in Japan. In fact, when a son succeeds his father on stage, they usually adopt their father's stage name and persona, which they got from their father, which they got from their father. It's basically like trauma, except instead of the quote-unquote proper way to punish your kids that's getting passed down, it's the way that you say your lines and do cool poses. So, you know, it's, it's reasonably better if uh, in the grand scheme. 
The Origins of Kabuki. The idea to look into Kabuki came to me while I was on the bus to work a while back. I wanted to listen to some music, but I was also thinking of stuff, so for fear of overwhelming my little peanut brain, I wanted something instrumental. Now, one of the things that I was thinking about is one of my favorite sounds, which is this. I had heard this sound as a child, but I had no association with what it was other than just generally Japan. So after some intensive googling, I discovered that it's a trademark sound featured in kabuki theater, used when a character introduces themselves, typically while striking a bizarre pose and crossing their eyes. I'm not making this up. So, I decided to try listening to traditional kabuki theater music, and it's good. I mean, it's definitely not. It's extremely bad. But in context, it's pretty good. I wanted to learn more about that context, so I looked into the history of kabuki, and what I found will shock you to your very core. Kabuki was started back in the early 1600s by a woman named Izumo no Okuni, which is probably how you say it, who started going out and doing avant-garde interpretive dance in a dried-up riverbed in Kyoto with other dancers, acting out comedic slice-of-life stories. It was basically the full house of its era, except in this case, everywhere you look, there's someone with a parasitic flatworm infection. Her dancing was immediately the new hotness, so she got invited to dance before the imperial court, which was pretty much what cemented kabuki as an art form at the time. Now, eventually, everyone thought it was so good that rival dance groups started doing it too, and then kabuki was a thing. So all these ladies are doing these dance performances out in the river like a bunch of caravan people. But the thing is that more often than not, the dancers, aside from their dancing, were also available for prostitution. In fact, according to some sources, early female cast Kabuki was often referred to as the singing and dancing girl prostitute. If this is true, I'd really love to see what 17th century Japan would call my profession. I'm torn between either the approval-seeking funny man or the singing and dancing girl prostitute. All good things must come to an end, and so too was the case for female cast Kabuki. After filling up clubs for more than 15 years, eventually everyone got too horny, and the shogunate, which was the military regime in charge of Japan at the time, outlawed Kabuki for being too erotic. So then the Kabuki community was like, oh, okay, well, if we can't do it with ladies, let's just do it with quote-unquote adolescent men instead. Wah, wah. <laughs> so they started performing Kabuki with teen boys, playing all of the roles, and it was going great, but in the end, it turns out that they were available for prostitution too, so everybody got too horny and the shogunate outlawed boy kabuki. But that was such an unpopular choice that only a few years later it made a comeback, and that's the kabuki that you know of today. So now, the next time you hear... You can truly appreciate the surplus of horny energy that went into preserving this classic art form. We're going to move from discussing the past of kabuki and on to what's happening with it now, right after the break. Hey everybody, um, hey, it's me, John Joseph, that's my name, that's the name of my company, John Joseph Bakery, and uh, boy have I got a deal for you, it's something incredible, something you've never tried before, and you're really gonna love it, I hope, it's called, it's wet cake, that's what it is, it's what I'm selling you, it's wet cake, so we were pretty low on uh, customers, and so we thought, hey, what if we really innovate and come up with something new and so then we just we took all of our stock and we submerged it in water because you know when's the last time you had a wet cake it's very new so anyways come try it it's wet cake it's delicious please we spent all of our advertising budget on really really small scale 
really, really, really small-scale podcasts, and uh, frankly, I just don't think we're gonna make it if we don't get a customer soon, so please imagine a slice of carrot cake in a glass of ice-cold water. That's what we're offering you, and I hope that that sounds amazing. Anyway, this is John Joseph. I'm pretty sure my name was. Um, love you. Bye. So what's new with Kabuki? I've told you a lot about what Kabuki is and where it came from, but what's the actual Kabuki news? So you'd think that a centuries-old traditional form of theater wouldn't have that much going for it in terms of news and updates. And you'd be right, in most cases. However, at the time of writing this episode, August 1st, there was actually a pretty big development that happened in the field. This is one of the few times when procrastinating on a project has paid off for your boy, Zaki. I am recording this on August 12th, so, you know, the, still not a perfect system, but, you know, I'll work out the kinks. Anyways, as of August 1st, Kabuki Za, Japan's premier traditional kabuki theater in Tokyo, has reopened after a five-month shutdown in the wake of the dreadly deadly cover-the-holes-in-your-headly bat bug, or, as it's more commonly known, coronavirus. I'm still trying to get that one to stick, but we'll see how it goes. Now, although the number of cases in Japan has yet to slow down, in fact, it's still on the rise to record highs, Kabuki-za has reopened its doors, but with a few countermeasures against the aforementioned disease, such as an increased distance between actors on stage and an increased distance between actors and audience members, and additionally, onstage musicians now wear masks while they perform, which is really cool because... Not only are they playing the flute now, but they're playing the flute while looking like a shinobi. So that's awesome, you know? Is it like, oh, is he going to throw a kunai at me? No, it's just a high C. So that's pretty cool. According to Kyoto News, many Kabuki fans are overjoyed at the return to performances. One 58-year-old Kabuki goer expressed gratitude for the move, saying, I feel that we need something like Kabuki that enriches our lives under tough environments like today. And like many films from the 1980s have taught us, it seems that there's wisdom in what this older Japanese fellow has to say. Even during times of extreme stress and pressure, it's crucial to seek out enrichment in order to, as Frost put it, not bug the fuck out, dude. This news story, and the history of Kabuki as a whole, tells a really compelling tale of perseverance. You've got this art form that's hundreds of years old, that's been shut down so many times for so many reasons, namely a dependence on prostitution and a crippling viral pandemic, and yet it continues to find new ways to reinvent itself and come back swinging. And at the same time, it never compromises on its extremely confident, bizarre, and unapologetic style. And I think that's something we can all get behind. Even if we can't get behind the performance itself, because wow, this shit's pretty weird. That's all the time we have for today, folks. If you're looking to get into Kabuki yourself, Google it. You can find it on uh, YouTube or in Tokyo, I guess, if you're in the neighborhood. So uh, that's that's nice. Go check it out, Kabuki-za. We may be done for now, but remember, whales have toes. And that's news to me. News to Me is an extremely good podcast. It's produced by Zaki Hennessy. Written by Zaki Hennessy. Zaki made the whole thing. All assets are used under Creative Commons or fair use, so Zaki hopes that he isn't in trouble for using them. For more information on Zaki and his wacky adventures, you can follow him on Twitter at the Sonic Wombat. 